All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, good evening, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Oilers Nation After Dark. My name is Connor Halley. I'll be with you alongside our producer, Aaron Bradado, as well as Zach Lang tonight, recapping the Oilers 3-2 overtime loss to the Colorado Avalanche and uh, to the people chiming in on Facebook and on YouTube. We'll get to all your comments shortly here. The Edmonton Oilers, a uh, tough one, probably a game they didn't really deserve to win. I think the Colorado Avalanche especially at even strength, were the far superior team tonight. Stuart Skinner keeping the Oilers in this one, facing 45 shots. Uh, before we get to the good, the bad, and the oily and bring in Zach Lang, uh, just a quick recap of what happened and a pretty good start for the Oilers, uh, a positive sign for this team as of late. They are getting off to better starts. Zach Hyman on the power play scored his 19th goal of the season. That gave the Oilers the one nothing lead. It would happen again as Zach Hyman scoring on his second attempt on the power play, his 20th of the season. Uh, the first goal, McDavid and Drysdale, just some absolutely beautiful passing. Easy finish for Zach Hyman. That's what he's paid to do. The second goal, a uh, bit of a mess. There was a scrum after the fact, but the Oilers were up 2 nothing, And uh, the Colorado Avalanche would challenge. The challenge would go the Oilers' way. It was called a good goal. They got the power play once again. A real opportunity to put the nail in the coffin. Unfortunately, they did not score that goal. And the Colorado Avalanche would get back into it. Nathan McKinnon, his 10th goal of the season. The guy's an absolute superstar. He does what he does. Uh, we'll, we'll debate it. Was it a great goal by McKinnon or did Darnell Nurse need to make a play on that? We'll talk about that on the show. And then, of course, have a drink. Brad Hunt, former Oiler, slumping, scores his first goal of the season. To even things up at two apiece, the game would go to overtime. The Oilers had some fantastic chances. Zach Hyman with an opportunity to win it for the team. Doesn't go his way. And Kale McCarr, 
Guy's dangerous. You give him an opportunity, he can bury it, and that's what he did. Colorado Avalanche victorious over the Edmonton Oilers, 3-2 in overtime. Again, thank you guys for tuning in. I'm Connor Halley. we got Zach Lane going to join us in a minute here, as well as our producer, Aaron Bradado. Right now, though, we're going to get to the good, the bad, and the oily presented by Cornerstone Insurance. Cornerstone Insurance Brokers, Edmonton's premier boutique insurance brokerage, your destination for commercial home and auto insurance with over 90 years of success and still growing. Visit cornerstoneins.ca for more information. And to start it off, we'll go to the good. Skinner! 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 And uh, to talk about the good, the bad, and the oily, we're also going to bring in our friend, Zach Lang, and give him a follow on Twitter at ZJLang. Uh, Zach, for you, we had to get some Simpsons into this episode. Absolutely tremendous. Great work. Uh, <laughs> great work getting that one in, guys. Yeah, Aaron, he's the tech, this genius. He did it also, Aaron. Thank you for that one. Uh, let's start off with the good, Stuart Skinner. Uh, through the first, you know, two and a half periods, I'd, I'd say he is the reason they were in the game. The first period, for sure. The ice was absolutely tilted. The Avs were throwing everything at Skinner. Got a couple posts, but he was fantastic. And coming off the game where he was pulled against Seattle, I think that's pretty encouraging from the young netminder. Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was a really strong bounce-back performance from him tonight. I know. I mean, you know, you look at the season as a whole as it's been for him. Um, it, it's been pretty good, right? And you know, the last game there was kind of the first real, like, oh wow, that was not a great game from Skinner. Granted, the team kind of hung him out to dry, and I think it was maybe more a situation of you know sending a message to the entire team than to Skinner himself, right? But for him to come back tonight and have a great performance the way he did, um, he was a huge reason that this game was even as close as it was. 100%. Uh, I thought he made some big saves, kept them in it, uh, even when it was 2-2, forcing the overtime, getting them that point, which, who knows, could be crucial down the road. thought Stuart Skinner was fantastic. Another good sign for this team. The bad, 5-on-5, five five, and uh, kind of touched on it in the good. 5-on-5, five five, I thought the Avalanche kind of ran the Oilers' show. They were creating all the opportunities. The Oilers looked sloppy in their own end, giving up bad chances. And, you know, I guess if you wanted to, you could just say even strength as well. The the goal in overtime, Kyle McCarr. I mean, he's going to do those sorts of things, but the five-on-five five play just wasn't good enough tonight. Yeah, it really wasn't. You know, I thought the Oilers had a good 10 or so minutes to that game to start it off. Um, you know, I thought they came out and played some good hockey early on there, but all of a sudden you just felt the momentum starting to turn in the way of the Colorado Avalanche. You know, the Oilers, they made the most of their power play opportunities as they so often do, but at the end of the day, this is a five-on-five five game that the Oilers really kind of needed to win tonight, right? I mean, you look at that Colorado roster, they are in shambles right now, really. You know, their third pairing are AHLers right now. Their bottom six is full of call-ups right now due to injuries as well. And the Oilers just couldn't seem to get around that. Um, they seemed content with matching McDavid against McKinnon. Didn't try to get McDavid out there in any really favorable matchups, which I thought was some curious decisions by the coaches. You know me, Connor, I'm a big analytics guy. The Oilers only controlled 35% of the shot attempt share tonight. They controlled 35% of the high danger scoring chances and only 21% of the expected goal share, which really is just kind of talking about the quality of the shots that the other team is getting. Um, it was a tough night for the Oilers. Yeah, we're going to get into that because you know a lot more about analytics than I do. So we'll get to that and uh, to the people uh, making the comments on Facebook and YouTube. Keep those coming. We are going to get them after the good, the bad, the oily. For the oily, 
I think we just got to go with the Hyman challenge. It seems like this guy cannot score a goal. <laughs> Whenever he seems to score, it gets reviewed, it gets taken back. But tonight, he won one. He did win one, finally. It felt so good. We've seen him get robbed so many times this season on these, you know, whether it's an offside or a goaltender interference. And you could sense the frustration from him building over time with these ones, right? Um, but it was great to see him get one here tonight. I, I was surprised that they even challenged for goaltender interference. Uh, granted, it's kind of a pivotal point in the game for Colorado there. But in the same breath, you know, the shot was away before there was any contact that was incidental um, with Gorgiev. So uh, I'm really just happy to see Hyman get one. And it was another one of those games where he's sitting on Hattie watch for like over half the game. I feel like he's had four or five of those this year already. Granted, he did cash in the one Hattie earlier this season. But uh, I think he's going to be due for another one coming up here pretty soon. Yeah, and I mean, hey, if you went to Betway.com, threw a couple bucks down on, you know, two goals, you could have got a nice little payout there from Zach Hyman. Head over to Betway.com, have some fun with the player specials. 19 plus, do so responsibly. Betway.com. Uh, Zach, uh, we can continue the conversation here. We might as well jump into the, uh, I don't know, the comments section I hear. We'll start on Facebook. Uh, Connor and Dave both expressing their concern with Darnell Nurse and his play. Um, not me, but uh, another one here, Blake. Let's go to the Nathan McKinnon goal because, you know, I, I think perspective is key. And when you look back at, you know, the times that Connor McDavid humbles somebody, we always say that's just what he does. But then when it goes the other way and a guy like Nathan McKinnon does it to the Oilers, a lot of people want to put blame. And I think that's fair. I think when Cody Cece made the first kind of swipe at Nathan McKinnon, maybe Darnell Nurse needs to focus on getting back and, and not getting beat with speed. But at the same time, you do have to give some credit to Nathan McKinnon. He's one of the best players in the world. He's got that ability. I'm sitting on the fence. I'm sorry, but where do you sit on this one? I'm, I'm on the fence too. I mean, it's, like, what, what are you going to do? McKinnon's one of the fastest players in the NHL. How many times did we see, you know, uh, McDavid and McKinnon in foot races tonight, you know, going <laughs> for loose pucks and stuff like that? The guy's got some wheels, and he he put them on. Now, you know, on the other side of the fence, you can sit there and say, well, Darnell Nurse gets to practice against Connor McDavid every single day, gets to be around McDavid every single day. You'd think, man, wouldn't it be nice if that's one that Nurse could break up considering – He's playing against a guy who's got elite talent and an elite speed and elite skill like that. You know, Nurse got caught flat-footed at the blue line. He wasn't in a great position. Um, so I think it's I think it's a little bit of both. I don't think the blame can solely go on Darnell Nurse for that one, um, but I do think he eats a little bit of it for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree with you 100%. Like, he, he could have made a great play, could have maybe potentially recognized the threat, but at the same time, Nathan McKinnon, hell of a player. He's going to make those plays. Uh, <laughs> the, I'm, the Darnell Nurse conversations are going to come in all the time, but uh, let us know if you're on Facebook or on YouTube. Where do you come out on this? Is that a great player making a great play, or does Darnell Nurse need to make a better play? Uh, we've got some other ones here. This team's ability to blow two goal leads is astonishing. That comes from Joel, and we've seen that for a few games now, and it's becoming a trend. And you weren't here, Zach, but on the last Oilers Nation After Dark, I said against the Islanders, like even when it was 2-1, I kind of had the belief that the Oilers still had the game in hand. But tonight, there was no way to believe that. The way things were going 5-on-5, five five, I mean, I think this game could have been like 3-1, 4-1, 5-1 Colorado because they were the superior team. Yeah, they absolutely were in pretty much every facet of the game. Again, you know, the one area where the Oilers, you know, saw their success was on the power play. 
You know, both of Zach Hyman's goals came there, which is great. I think it's tremendous that the Oilers have a power play that they can cash in on, you know, 33% of the time. But at the end of the day, the majority of hockey games are played at five on five and even strength. And for some reason this season, just doesn't feel like the Oilers can really put it to, put it together there. It's frustrating because, you know, if you go back to last season, you look at what happened under Jay Woodcroft when he came in, you know, the Oilers became one of the more dominant five on five teams in the entire NHL. Um, that continued into the playoffs too, to a certain extent as well. Now we come into this season and have there been games where the Oilers have been dominant, like the one against the Islanders? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but for the most part, they're kind of just treading water and breaking even at even strength. And that's not good enough. Um, you know, that's not good enough for a team that just went to the Stanley Cup or sorry, to the Western Conference Finals last season. Um, you know, I think the expectations were a lot higher for these Oilers uh, where we're sitting right now in the standings. And, you know, you look across the way, Colorado, you know, they're kind of in the same spot right now coming into this game. You know, they were three points back at the Oilers for a wild card spot. They've been super banged up, but man, look at their ability to turn it on at the right time um, and, and really take it to a team like the Oilers in a game that they really kind of needed to win right now. Yeah, Zach, uh, <laughs> you're here on uh, Oilers Nation After Dark. I'm just scrolling through Facebook here. The comments we're getting. Not surprising. Nurse needs to go. That's not going to happen. No one's going to take on his contract. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think it, that's just going to happen. Nurse is the most overpaid player in sports. That's from Greg. Uh, well, now we got some coming in about the coaching staff here. Why did Woodcroft go power to power on the top line when he did towards the end? It seemed like we had some pushback. Uh, what did you make? I mean, towards the end of the game, we did see Jay Woodcroft kind of go nuclear with uh, McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Zach Hyman. I like seeing that. Do, do, do you like to see that a little bit more often, or do you think he did it a little bit too late? What's your thoughts on that? I think he did it too much. I mean, I think it also mm -hmm. speaks a little bit to the the way this roster is constructed right now. Evidently, Jay Woodcroft didn't have the confidence of putting his third line or his, his second line, third line, or fourth line out there against Nathan McKinnon. Um, and credit to the Avalanche, what they did is they split things up a little bit and brought uh, Miko Randon down to the second line to, to spread out their firepower a little bit in the same sort of way the Oilers do, right? But at the end of the day, you know, you got home ice advantage. You need to use that to your advantage. You need to be getting Connor McDavid out there against the third or fourth line because if we look at the playoffs last season in that four-game series, Connor McDavid had his most success playing against the third and fourth lines of the Colorado Avalanche. So, you know, I think in one sense of the term, you know, it's kind of like the nurse thing again, where you can kind of be on the fence about it, right? In one sense of the term, you know, McDavid probably helps to limit what Nathan McKinnon and his line can do. But then in the same breath, you're sacrificing the elite offense that Connor McDavid has when he's out there on the ice, because he's kind of got to try and play, you know, a little bit more defense first, which isn't a bad thing. But at the end of the day, in a game like this, where you're not producing anything at five on five, your only offense is coming from the power play. You know, you need to find a way to score a goal. Uh, Zach, I'm going to jump into the YouTube comments here. We've got uh, almost 70 people watching right now. So, so that's good. Shout out to you guys for tuning in on YouTube. Uh, Electric Jordan, uh, big thank you to you for tuning in. I know you're always in here on the YouTube. He says, uh, we didn't deserve that one. We were outplayed, but it stings. Um, Lance says that Makar kid's going to be somebody. Yeah, he's he looks 14, but man, that kid can straight up play hockey. Uh, Lance also saying, stay positive, team. We had some looks to finish it 100%, but when you don't get it, I mean, we, we know this, Zach. People are not going to be happy. 
Um, one thing you and I talked about during this game, set up a little group chat for the game, was Jay Woodcroft's decision to take the timeout after the power play. And obviously the Oilers were up 2-0. He takes the timeout, giving his top line a chance to get out there fully rested. Some people did not like that decision. I loved it. I think that, you know, that's the killer instinct you need. If you go up 3-0, you probably win this game. You've got to go for it at that point. Uh, what did you think about that decision? Yeah, I loved it. I'm in the same boat as you, Connor. I thought it was a really smart move at that point in the game. You know, look, you got five minutes left to go in the second period. You know, you're up to nothing, but you know what you got across the other way. You know, Nathan McKinnon, Miko Ren, and Kale McCarr, uh, Brad Hunt. I mean, come on, right? Uh, elite talents like Brad Hunt. Um, I think it was a great move because I think at the end of the day, you have to have that killer instinct. How many times have we even seen Jay Woodcroft use timeouts at any point in the game this entire season? Like it just, it's really strange to me because I think it's a really useful tool that coaching staffs have, but they seem scared to utilize it um, during the game. I think it was a great point to kind of try and calm the troops down. Could have the Oilers went out there and thrown the first or the second unit out for 40 seconds and let them burn a little bit of time and maybe try and get one and build a little confidence for sure. But at the end of the day, you know, that second unit is nowhere near the first unit and the Oilers' first unit plays you know, 80% of the time on the power play all year long. Uh, so I was pretty okay with that decision. Yeah, I'm with you as well. Uh, Johnny on Facebook, I think he just gave us the middle finger emoji. That might just be frustration. It might not be directed towards us. I'm not sure. But Johnny, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we got one here from Steven on YouTube. I like this one. He says, nope, no more the other team was desperate or are on a heater, or had a hot goalie. Nope, the Oilers lost because they played like losers. No more excuses. It's the team. Lazy. I don't know if I disagree with that one on this night. There are nights where things happen, but, uh, you know, Brad Hunt scoring a goal, I'm, I'm not going to resort to that one. It's it, it was losing every battle, it seemed, five on five. Like, they just, there wasn't a point where they really took over. They had a couple good shifts here and there, but, I mean, I would say Colorado was desperate, maybe and made the Oilers look like they did not give a damn about this one. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the line that played the most five-on-five minutes tonight was the Oilers' second line, Zach Hyman, Leon Dreisaitl, and Ryan Nugent-Hopkins. And, man, they just got absolutely caved in tonight. Like, it was not even close. Um, They controlled 2% of the expected goal share when they were on the ice. That is, like, insanely, insanely bad. Um, You know, the McDavid, Cost, and Yamamoto line – didn't really fare a whole lot better tonight either. I mean, no line fared well. And that's what's frustrating is, you know, you look at this roster and you can sit there and say, well, you know, the makeup of these lines, they really should be working to a certain extent. You know, Clem Costin's hot right now. Yamamoto had a couple nice goals. Starting to provide a little bit of offense. McDavid's McDavid. You know, you look at the second line, you say, wow, Hyman, Dreisaitl, and Nugent Hopkins, they should be able to go out there and push the pace of play, but they only had three shot attempts at the net at five on five in almost 11 minutes of play. Um, They had one shot on goal at five on five in 11 minutes of play. That is just horrendous numbers. Um, I don't know. It's frustrating. It's frustrating, right? Like the team clearly misses Evander Kane, and it's great to see that, you know, he's likely going to be back in the lineup sooner rather than later. And hopefully that can provide a bit of spark to this team. And, and maybe, you know, bump somebody down the lineup a little bit and provide a little bit more depth to the whole team right now. 
Uh, 69 people watching on YouTube right now. Nice. Liam from Oilers Nation, nice, says uh, hit that like button. So please do that. Uh, I don't understand exactly what it does, but I think it's good for the good for the brand. So please like that button. Um, we got a lot of messages coming in here. Uh, you're getting congratulated on 10,000 on Twitter, Zach. So that's a Thank big you. number for you. Congratulations. Uh, Lance Kane says, waiting for my cousin Kane to come back. I mean, that's great. You know, and, and one guy can come back and provide a little bit of a spark, but that's not going to fix this team's deficiencies. Like they, there's other things they need to work on. Got to be better defensively, uh, five on five, a little more urgency, I think would go a long way. I don't think it's as easy as saying Evander Kane comes back into the lineup and your problems are fixed. Like, I, I think it's going to have to come from inside the room here. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you look back at last year when Evander Kane came in, you know, it took him kind of 10 or 15 games to kind of really get going. Um, he had a long break and granted he was able to, you know, get some games in early on this season here. Right. Um, but it's going to be a bit of a difficult adjustment for him kind of getting back into the lineup and finding his legs as well. So, you know, we can't be expecting him to come in and change everything. And, you know, a couple of days ago I tweeted, you know, half jokingly, but not really jokingly that, you know, the big narrative now is going to be, Oh, Evander Kane is the big deadline acquisition of the Oilers. I'm sure we're going to hear it at some point here soon. Uh, and in, in a sense, it is true, right? I mean, he's going to be a huge addition to this team going down the stretch. But, you know, the defensive problems that the Oilers continue to have are glaring. Um, you know, there was a report earlier from Elliot Friedman tonight that said, you know, it sounded like the Oilers really wanted to give Philip Roberg a longer look right now. Uh, they seem patient. But I think being patient right now is a problem because – Look at where they are in the standings. They're barely holding on, barely treading water in year eight of Connor McDavid. You know, there's a real risk that the Oilers could miss the playoffs right now and this season. And that's not me trying to be like negative or downer or anything like that. Just realistically, they're barely a playoff team right now. Um, something has to change in this team from within. And, you know, I thought it was great that they had that players only meeting a couple days ago, right? Um, you know, they came out and they responded really well afterwards, but then it's just like a massive deflation tonight, just a massive, massive letdown in a game where, you know, you kind of want to see them kind of carrying that momentum, right? Uh, Zach, just looking at the box score here, uh, the Oilers obviously went 11 and seven again tonight. And for a second there, it looked like that might really benefit them as Philip Broberg took a puck to the face uh, midway through the second period. He did return, still play 10 minutes, but Marcus Niemelainen under three and a half minutes tonight. Um, just what do you think about the team going with the 11 and seven and utilizing a guy so little? Because I mean, I work on a show with Jason Strudwick. He did not like the seventh defenseman because he would tell us, he says this, he was often the seventh defenseman. It's kind of tough to find your groove in those situations. I imagine playing three minutes. That's tough to really get going. Yeah, that's crazy. I didn't even realize that it was that low. Um, I kind of like the makeup of the 11 and seven for this team in a sense, um, because I think it provides a little less pressure for some of the defensemen. I'd like to see that three minute number be, you know, higher. I'd like to see Darnell nurse on having to play 28 and a half minutes. Um, I think the purpose of going 11 and seven is to spread out the numbers defensively while still being able to rotate the guys like Drysaddle, McDavid, Nugent Hopkins, and Hyman through the bottom of the lineup a little bit more to try and find some more spark, right? But again, like this just tonight, it just nobody seemed to have anything going. You know, you even look at just the plus minus on the box score and it's red everywhere. 
Uh, it's not a great look for this team right now. Uh, Zach, I'm just looking on Facebook here. GR says trade nurse. I mean, I'll, I'll reiterate my thoughts. I, who's going to take Darnell nurse and, and what's the offer? Like, Hey, do you want to pay this guy 9.25 million when he's not playing the best hockey? I mean, I, I don't see how you're going to send him and win this trade. Now I, I do like what you say about lessening the minutes and, and hoping that he can probably play better, but I don't think anyone right now is taking on Darnell nurse at that kip cap hit. And I mean, I I'm not sure off the top of my head, there, he's got to have a no movement clause in there at some point as yeah, well. So He's got a no-move clause right now. So it's a no-move clause for the first five years, and the final three seasons are modified no-trade clauses with 10-team no-trade list. So, you know, there's uh, a good five or six years here before we can even really <laughs> entertain the question. And as long as Connor McDavid is going to be in Edmonton, so is Darnell Nurse. Um, yeah. Any hope of trading Darnell Nurse, it's just as much as you can sit there and say, you know, frustrate out of frustration, the Oilers should trade him, it's just not going to happen, right? You know, I, I'm a big proponent of Jacob Chikrin right now. I think he's a guy the Oilers need to go out and get. I think in a sense, this game almost proves it too because Chikrin's a guy who can come in and eat 23 or 24 minutes a night. He's a left-shot defenseman who would be able to really help take the load off of Darnell Nurse's plate right now because for whatever reason, he just seems completely overwhelmed out there almost every single night, which is not what you want to see from a guy in the first year of an eight-year $9.25 million contract. Yeah, and I mean, I, I saw you talking about it on Twitter today at ZJ Lang. Just got over ten thousand followers. Give him a follow. So when you when you hear it, I mean, and certain members of the media have brought up that Chickren's defensive numbers aren't great. Uh, I think you had some good counterpoints. I mean, a guy who can get the puck out of his own end—that's a pretty pretty important, you know, tool to have and can really help you as a defenseman. And you brought up the Colorado Avalanche defenseman as an example of that. Now. Two-part question here for you. What do you think realistically it would take to acquire his services? Who would be out for the Oilers? And why do you think his style of play could really benefit this team right now? Well, it's a great question. I mean, first and foremost, the asking price seems to be the equivalent of around two and a half to three first-round draft picks, right? So we're probably sitting here saying, you know, this year's first-round draft pick, next year's first-round draft pick, as well as somebody like Philip Broberg. Uh, a high-end prospect, obviously you're going to have to make the numbers work as well. So, you know, maybe a Warren Fogel has to be included in the deal or a Yesapuli-RV. Maybe there's another draft pick that comes back to offset the cost. Um, but the core bones of the trade would be essentially two first-round picks and Philip Broberg. I think it's a reasonable ask. Um, you know, you look at Jacob Chikrin, he's 24 years old. He's got two more years after this on a contract that pays him $4.6 million dollars. Um, you look at some of his defensive metrics, you know, as a whole, and you say, wow, you know, he's like only controlling 43% of the shot attempts or only 42% of the expected goal share or 40% of the goals scored. What we can do, though, is we can actually look at those numbers relative to the rest of his teammates. When we do that and just isolate Jacob Chikrin, his numbers are well above average for the Arizona Coyotes, right? It's kind of hard to judge a player in a sense almost. Um, playing on a team like Arizona right now. But you look, when he's, since he's come back from injury, he's been almost a point-per-game player. You know, there's not a lot of offense to go around in Arizona. He's generating a lot of it. And I think where the strength of his game really lies is not always necessarily in the offensive zone. He's a guy who's really strong with his stick. He's able to break up the play in the defensive zone. 
He may not be that big crease clear like a Joel Edmondson is, but I think it's really important in the NHL nowadays to have defensemen who are not just big crease clearers. I think it's important to have guys who can break up the cycle, who can break up the puck along the wall and get the puck out of the zone. You know, you look at the Edmonton Oilers, they're one of the worst teams in the entire NHL at defensemen actually carrying the puck out of the defensive zone. Um, you know, teams like Colorado, on the other hand, you know, you look at guys like Devin Taves, Kael McCarr, Bowen Byram when he's healthy, Josh Manson to a certain extent as well. They have three or four guys who are very, very good at transitioning the puck out of the defensive zone and getting it into the hands of the skilled players that they have up front. Is it, a, is it a hefty price? It absolutely is a hefty price, Connor. But at the end of the day, what is it, three years until Leon Dreisaitl's a free agent, four until Connor, uh, something along those lines. Like, the Oilers need to win now. They don't need to be worried about who the 2023 first-round pick is or the 2024. Hell, even the 2025, if you have to ship that one out the door too, I think you need to do it right now and try and make this team as good as they can possibly be in this kind of tight window they got. Yeah, I mean, hey, and I'll, I'll put this into terms that I, I like to use. If, if you're a football fan and you're watching right now and you're a Rams fan, are you okay with them winning the Super Bowl last year? I mean, you gave up a lot, but this team brought in good players, traded away draft picks, won a Super Bowl. So you get the championship and then, you know, hey, you're, you're happy. Would you be okay with maybe some struggles in the next few years not adding those top-end talents? That That's going to go along with it, but... Yeah, I think I'm with you here. Uh, who's the Who's the cat? What's the What's the guest's this, name here? This is Rosa. She had to come and say hi to everybody on the live stream, so what's she up, was Rosa? very eager to come and hang around my feet. So she wanted to come say hi. <laughs> who's the cat? That's yeah. I, it was it caught me off guard there. I love this one from a Daniel on YouTube. Time to hold another players only meeting. Yeah, that's how you do it. You got to keep those every day players only meeting keep the boys fired up here and uh see what happens from that uh zach lang joining us here on oilers nation after dark my name is connor halley we've got aaron bardado behind the scenes keeping us on track here and if if let's just say that uh jacob chikrin's name doesn't happen we had someone in the youtube chat saying i hope he gets traded so i have to i can stop hearing it Let's just say that happens. Who are some other names that you might like? I know Ekholm, Edmondson are some names that people have thrown out there. Uh, is there anyone that you think could come in here and, you know, help immediately? I mean, Matthias Ekholm would be a tremendous consolation prize, really. I mean, he's 32 years old, but he's still a really strong defenseman in both ends of the rink. That's something that the Oilers really need right now, a guy who can play some strong defense, help get the puck out of the zone, as we talked about with Chikrin. Um, the problem with Ekholm is that he is 32 years old. He's got three or four years left on his contract. Uh, he's owed a good amount of money. So right there, that's kind of the big blockade, I think, for him. You know, if Chikrin doesn't happen and it doesn't sound like the Oilers are interested in Chikrin, you know, there's also guys like Joel Edmondson and Vladislav Gavrikov. They'd be fine additions to the team, but I don't really know if they're guys that are going to really move the needle the way the Oilers really need a guy on the back end to move the needle right now. Um, I think Joel Edmondson's a fine NHL defenseman. Um, you know, a third-pairing guy, he can come in. He's big. He skates a little bit better than I thought, um, but he's a UFA at the end of the year. You look at Gavrikov, it's the same sort of a thing, right? He's a guy who's a UFA. He's 26 years old. He's going to be do a pretty significant pay raise at the end of the season. And are the Oilers going to really be able to afford it? 
Um, probably not with the way the salary cap is right now, right? So if you're talking about having to move out a first-round pick for a guy like Edmondson or Gavrikov, I'm really not a fan of it because I don't think that they're strong enough players to really move the needle for this club right now. Um, and you got to take into consideration the fact that they'd likely be lost in free agency as well because those guys are sort of some highly coveted players from what it sounds like right now. But I think if Chikrin doesn't happen, I think it's you got to go hard at Ekholm because uh, I think he's a guy who could really make a difference for this team. Uh, Loomis says, take your like, have a good night. Loomis, thank you for tuning in tonight. Uh, Daniel says, we appreciate it. We'll take uh, that well, we'll take all the likes. Give us all the likes. Uh, Daniel says, Provorov, Jensen, Mayfield, Gavrikov, take your pick. I mean, Ivan Provorov, uh, I remember him from the Wheat Kings back in the day. I mean, aging myself here. But, yeah, he was outstanding. Lawless says, get Clefbaum a bionic shoulder and bring him back. I, I love the Oilers you know, game day articles and on the injured list, they have Oscar Clefbaum. Like it's just rubbing salt in the wounds. You don't have to do that. Yeah. We know he's out. Uh, Joey says Pareko would be sick. I've seen that one come up and I just don't see why St. Louis would make that move. I, you know, they, they probably like him. They gave him that big extension. Um, Would be great. A hundred percent firm handshake. I met him once. He almost broke my hand. Um, there's a lot of guys out there you'd love, but I think, you know, realistically, it's it's not quite that easy. This is an NHL where you can trade a, an 88 for an 88 and everyone's happy, right? There's a lot of things that have to go into it. And then, you know, a lot of these guys have big cap hits and the Oilers really have to get creative. And I don't know, Zach, I mean, what do you think? Is Ken Holland showed you in the past that he can be creative and make these moves work? Like, I don't, I don't see it. I don't really see it either, right? I mean... When was the last time the Oilers got an opposing team to retain salary in a trade? I mean, you know, you look at what happened with Duncan Keith. He came in with a lot of money on the books, right, um, when he really didn't need to. And it's kind of crazy because you look back at it and Ken Holland really shot himself in the foot, in a sense, in the bigger picture with that one. Because if he doesn't trade for Duncan Keith, Chicago doesn't trade for Seth Jones. Seth Jones doesn't get his contract then Zach Wierenski doesn't get his contract, then Darnell Nurse doesn't get his contract. So it was really kind of a big snowball effect. Um, and as great as Duncan Keith was last year for the Oilers, and he was a lot better, I'll, I'll admit it, he was a lot better than I ever expected him to be. Um, the longer-term implications of that one definitely sting a little bit. But no, I don't have a lot of faith in him being creative with the salary cap, and I think that's what part of the issue is right now. I think he's almost like, oh, I have no salary cap. I can make a trade uh, when in reality there's more than enough ways to kind of work around that. When you think of iconic Oilers phrases, the deal is one for one and no salary cap or no salary retained or ones that come to mind. Like I remember hearing about the trade and we, we knew Duncan Keith was coming to the Oilers, but everyone just assumed there would be salary retained by Chicago. And when it didn't happen, it was like, those words will just be etched in my memory. Like, how did they, how do they not do that? So, yeah, you're right. Uh, your creativity from Holland, uh, as Cato says here, he's not creative. Old school GM. I mean, he he's one of the few that was around for the pre salary cap, right? So, I, yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, lots of still some lots of people tuned in tonight. Uh, Jake McKay was a name that was thrown out there. Um, just want to find who it was from. I can't find it, but somebody said he has no desire to play in a Canadian market, so that's too bad. Um, I, I don't know him personally, so I can't say he wouldn't. I mean, the chance to play with Connor McDavid, maybe that's enticing, but 
Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, someone saying here on uh, Facebook, Provorov would be great. Yeah, I like that name, actually. I mean, I don't I don't know if Philly would be willing to make that move, but it'd be great. GR says PK Subban still out there. Uh, I think he's officially retired, but, uh, you know, that'd be interesting. And uh, Melanie says Nurse is consistently bad. He can't ride McDavid, McDavid's coattails forever. Uh, yeah, Melanie, I mean, he's he's getting exposed quite a bit, and that might just be something you have to live with. And I, I think, like you said, Zach, the best, quickest fix to that, lowering his minutes. You know, I think that would be a, a good solution for that one. Uh, Zach, uh, it is late, so we won't keep you out here too much longer. But the Oilers are about to go on a road trip. And uh, Aaron, I don't know if you want to hop in here. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers going to head down to California on that trip. Next game will be on Monday, 8.30. So we'll be on here at like... 11, 11.30, something like that. It'll probably go to overtime in a 12-round shootout, but we'll be here. Uh, the Oilers this season, uh, you know, as bad as they've been at home with a record of 10, 11, and 2, on the road they are 11, 6, and 1. Do you guys buy into the, you know, playing on the road can be simpler, there's less line matchups, things like that? Oh, I do completely. I think yeah, that um, there's something there's something about – being on the road actually had like say hi to the chat. Chat, let me know if my audio is better today than it was the other oh, day. We're still sounds mint. We're still sounds figuring mint. Out, we're still figuring out the kinks here at Oilers Nation after dark. But I do think playing on the road is easier. I think being with the guys in an isolated area, that's when you say you get to go on your dinners. Everything gets simpler. And I mean the pressure here Friday night in town, as it is no excuse, I think they will perform better on the road. And it's a big one Monday night. And then it leads into a little nation vacation, which we can get into in a minute. New arrival. Yeah, I do. I do tend to agree, though. I, I do think that, you know, like at least the Oilers this year, when you take a look at it, you know, they've had some success on the road this season. I wrote about it in the game notes this morning. I'm just pulling it up right now. Well, on the road, they've been one of the best teams in the league this year. They got a 639 points percentage on the road, seventh best in the NHL. Their home points percentage coming into the game tonight was a 477, the 21st, 24th best. Um, so they've clearly found some success on the road, which is weird because I don't know if you guys remember last season, it was actually like the other way around where they were just so good at home that they couldn't get anything going on the road. Um, it's going to be an interesting little four-gamer here, like four massive points. Like it's almost like these are – it's like a every game's worth four points, Right. Um, it's a really, really important swing for this team. A uh, little fun chat going on here on YouTube. Uh, if if I ever hear Holland mention his time in Detroit again, I'm going to lose it. That's from Cato Lawless. Says it's a drinking game. Drink when he mentions it. Hammered in 10 minutes. Yeah. I mean, the, the Detroit stuff, who cares? Like, it was a different era. You can't really compare the two. The success of that is one thing. Got him into the Hall of Fame, but quite, uh, quite irrelevant right now. Uh, you guys, uh, before I get your prediction... I want to ask you, what are you doing after the show? I mean, it's it's Oilers Nation after dark. Aaron, I asked you last time, uh, you know, we got what you might be doing. But, Zach, uh, what's on the schedule? Uh, I, I missed your Wendy's background. I was hoping I could find a location open overnight, but uh, I know, it's not I'm, working. I'm trying, I was scrambling trying to get it all set up. So, uh, no, I actually got to get to work after we're done here. So, I got two articles to throw together for the morning, uh, the day after articles that I always do at OilersNation.com. So, yeah, still got a, another hour, hour and a half of work left in my night tonight. 
So Zach's got the content coming out. Aaron, how about you? Well, Connor, I actually finally get to relax. As tonight, I was working, supporting our local, I guess it wasn't the Golden Bears tonight. It was the U of A Pandas hockey team, which they won. So I was busy over there. And then I finally finished, came back to join you fellas and get this thing going. And you know what? I actually finally get to relax. And after the game tonight, I think I've deserved a couple pops for myself to wind down because that sucked tonight. That sucked. <laughs> attaboy, attaboy. So, okay, Mount Royal beat the Bears yesterday at the Drake, and then tonight the Pandas got revenge, right? Yep. Good, good. Uh, Zach, you and your Amchuk were on the call yesterday. Uh, the Bears made it close, though, right? That was – oh, man. That was one of the craziest games I it ever seen, Connor. It was Aaron was nice. there too, down five nothing like eleven minutes into the game, and they managed to come back. And it took like double overtime, didn't solve it. Had to go to the shootout. First one I think any of us have ever seen at the Claire Drake. Uh, it was a quite a game. Unfortunately, they couldn't come out with two because they really deserved it. But uh, credit where it's due, it was a damn good Mountain Royal team. Yeah, yeah and that, the vibes, awesome. the vibes inside the Claire Drake last night were immaculate the beer towers were all <laughs> over the place actually zach i don't know if you saw but i saw a video online it was of some girl in a mount royal sweater going up to the massive pyramid going on and she waits for the video and she comes up and she knocks it over and the whole thing comes down and that poor guy's face you could just see his heart break in the middle of it like i do you know how much effort that took but they did build it back up but i have to give the mount royal goalie credit because after they won in the shootout, he ran right over to it, smacked it over, and he was letting the student <laughs> section have it. It was it was quite the scene. That is uh, that's what it's all about. Yeah, go down to the Drake, support the Golden Bears. They put on a good show. Uh, just one more thing to touch on before we get your prediction for the next game: uh, Puliarvi eight minutes, Costin eight thirty-seven, and Dylan Holloway seven fifty-four. Uh, for Costin, I mean, from the penthouse to the outhouse, right? Going from playing with McDavid to not registering double-digit minutes. Um, thoughts on that, Zach, quickly. And do you think at some point soon here, Dylan Holloway will be down to Bakersfield? I'm waiting for the day the Oilers send him down. I think his game has gotten better. I think he's looked better as of late, getting more comfortable as an NHLer. But, you know, if we think back to the beginning of the season, does everybody not remember Ken Holland saying that the only way – Dylan Holloway would be playing with the Oilers if it was top nine minutes. And where has he been this entire season on the fourth line? Look, I get it. There's there's a plethora of injuries that have happened. But even since the guys have kind of gotten healthy here, you know, Holloway is still on the outside looking in for some reason. I'm a big proponent of young players actually playing hockey. Um, and I think a guy like Holloway could really, you know, use 20 minutes a night down in Bakersfield uh, for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think that it should happen, but I mean, with the history of this year, I have no reason to think that it will happen. So we're just going to keep riding this. I agree with Zach. They should be spending minutes playing professional hockey in the AHL, but it's not up to me. It's above my pay grade to make those decisions. So I'll just produce the show and shut up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think that's above all of us. I don't think uh, Holland or any of the scouts are listening or care what we have to say, so... Oh, we'll, we'll just voice our opinions and see what happens. All right, guys, official prediction next time. Oilers on the road down in L.A., nice 8.30 mountain time start. Uh, we'll start with you, Zach. What's going to happen? Oh, man. 
It's an 8.30 start. I hate these 8.30 mountain time games. They're the absolute <laughs> bane of my existence. Um, yep. I think it's going to be a strong game from the Oilers. I think they're going to respond. You know, last time they were down in L.A. last year, they had some strong success. I'm going to go with a, a nice little 4-2 win for the Oilers. They'll cover the puck line. How about you, Aaron? Yeah, I mean, I really have no reason to be optimistic, but I am i can't sit here, and I feel you're going to ask me this after every game, and I'm always going to predict a W because that's the eternal optimist that I am. So I'm going to piggyback off Zach. I think a 4-2 victory, start, start getting things in the right direction, and then hopefully be in good spirits for Saturday night in Vegas. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yeah, hey guys, we're always going to go you know, positive. I'll take an Oilers 5-2 victory. Uh, you know, hey, if you're on betway.com, you want to bet the over, I, I bet it'll be around six and a half or something. Take the over, win some money, 19 plus only, and do so responsibly at betway.com. Also got to give a big shout out to Cornerstone Insurance Brokers. Cornerstoneins.ca, they present the good, the bad, and the oily. Tonight it was Skinner the good. Five on five was the bad, and the oily was Zach Hyman surviving a coach's challenge. And guys, thanks so much for doing this today. Really appreciate you hopping on, staying up late. Zach, sacrificing your night. I know you got a lot of work to do, so we're happy you could do this. I'm a night owl anyways. I'm an insomniac, so I would have been up all night anyways. And uh, actually having these conversations, I think I'm going to be able to bang these articles out here pretty quickly and uh, <laughs> try and get to bed a decent time tonight. But it's get Sunday. We've got football all day tomorrow. I don't have to worry about things. I can wake up at 1030, get a cup of coffee, and watch football all day. So, Go Patriots. Uh, yep, a Patriots fan. Hey, well, winning they're in. Uh, Zach, I know you're a Bears fan. I'm a, I'm a Bears fan, but tomorrow I'm a Vikings fan because if the Vikings win, the Bears get the first overall draft pick. So we're, we're officially at that point of the season. Justin Fields <laughs> isn't playing. Uh, he's been shut down for the year now, so – all I have to cheers for, cheer for is a, another early draft pick. You know what? And, uh, I mean, I know you guys aren't going to take the quarterback. You might look defensive side of the ball. Uh, is it Will Anderson from Alabama? Might be a nice fit in Chicago. 
He does. He does look good. I think uh, I'm more of a trade back guy, though. Mm. I think there's yep, a good opportunity. I agree. Here That's what I was going to say. Chicago to trade out of that number one spot. Somebody can jump up, get CJ Stroud or Bryce yeah, Young, yeah. And, and see if the Bears can get a plethora of picks because. I think that's something uh, the team needs some depth everywhere. They need help all over the roster right now. So you can do it by getting a bunch of picks. That's uh, my call. You saw the Bears do that for Trubisky. So, you know, that that's a good strategy. I really like that, actually, Zach. Didn't even think about it. Well, uh, go Vikings. I can't say go Patriots, but Aaron, I support you. And uh, for me, go Chargers. Go Chargers, baby. Love it. I, I literally have nothing to say to that. Uh, uh, that sucks. <laughs> Hey, we're going to the playoffs. I've had enough. All right, guys, we're done for the night. Again, to everyone on YouTube, I can see us 64 people right now. Thank you for hanging in all night, staying up late. Hit that like button. If you're on Facebook, thank you for tuning in. Norm says, let's go Texans. We need a big loss tomorrow. Keep Lovey Smith. You can't fire him. Uh, everyone, thank you for tuning in. I'm Connor Halley. That's Zach Lang and Aaron Bordado. We appreciate you guys tuning in tonight, and we'll talk to you after the Oilers and Kings on Monday night. Get your coffee because it's a late one. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.